Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Get a little too excited. 
you know, no Sage Steel, no, no, nobody to ref or run the show, just us. So that's what you get tonight. We talking the league. We talking the league of extraordinary gentlemen, also known as the NBA. We got a slamming ninety minutes of funk, all NBA to get you ready for the NBA season. Before we get into everything we have for you, let me bring in my man Justin Page. Justin, long time no see, brother. How you doing? Game changer, game changer. I've been man. I, if I was any better, man, they call me the game changer. I, I tell you, I've been I, I've, I've been waiting for this day since uh, this time last year, and, and I would argue that this is the time of year that my wife tells me it's our annual eight month divorce which, you know, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of. <laughs> However, it right. is what it is, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm shocked that they gave us no referee given our past history. But you know what? I think tonight's going to be a good night. Let's go. Let's get into it. So to start off the show, we always start off with the segment, you know, called the uh, intro to let them know. This is where we give you a quick rundown of everything we're going to get into tonight. Now, we talking NBA hoops. We're going to first take the first half hour of the show to just dig into just the Eastern Conference. All right, we're going to give you a half hour of the East. Then we're going to hit you up with a half hour of the West. Then we're going to break you off at the end with some fantasy hoops talk, give you some tips for your fantasy hoop season. I'm in the fantasy league. RJ's in the league, man. Justin, we might need to get you in the league, man, because D. Wills is in it, PhD is in it. We might need to get you in this league, man, because it's a keeper league. It, it, it's, it's, last year I got hit by injuries. We'll talk about that when we get there, but I, I, my squad is tight. My squad is tight, but last year I got hit. I had Kevin Love, and I got Paul George, and I got Ibaka. But I got some studs on my squad, man. I got some studs for my keepers. So we're going we, we're gonna to get into that in a minute. We got to get you in that league, though. Get you a squad. Don't worry. I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, minor, I'm a minority owner on the team. I'm, I'm the silent guy y'all don't hear about. There's a reason that <laughs> R.J. Page has Kyrie Irving on his squad. You understand? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so we gonna get into all of that. Uh, I want to jump right in, right off, and let's just get to it, man. No holds bar. You know they wonder why I'm spending so much time on the intro, like Drake said. You know, so let's just. I'm just gonna move on. We gonna get into it. So the first segment we got is called Watch the Throne. We're talking the Eastern Conference. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, NBA Preview 2013-14 season. It's going down. Justin Page, game change. We're going to set it off. Talking the Eastern Conference, watch the throne. Who, Justin, give me the team that you have that can actually make a run as the juggernaut known as the Miami Heat. See, and Game Changer, I knew that if anybody can challenge me, it would be you. And I'm the kid that grew up thinking that the Portland Trailblazers were going to beat the Chicago Bulls. I'm the kid that always went against Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You understand me? So all offseason long, I've been hyping myself up to the world to say that the Indiana Heat, will beat the Miami Heat. That, that, that's been my stake to claim. You know me, I always, you know, take a plunge off the deep end. However, I must digress. I'm on national okay. radio right now. You can hear me nationwide. I'm here to tell you, as I predicted last year, 
as I predicted the year before, there's going to be not a single individual team that can beat the Miami Heat. However, with that said, I really like what Indiana did during this offseason. I'm a huge fan of their general manager, their their president of basketball operations, Larry Burr, who just came back. Uh, I think they, they set themselves up for potential success. They'll give Miami the biggest run, similar to what they did this year, you know, getting Scola in the, in, in the front court. You know, another guy, if you look at international play, his, his background in the league, stepping on, on people's faces and stuff. Uh, Scola's not scared of LeBron, you know. Chris Copeland, he's not scared to pull that trigger from three. You know, Danny Granger back healthy. The Indiana Pacers have the most depth in the East, which I think will serve them well against Miami, and I think they have the best shot to beat Miami. However, depth doesn't doesn't beat stars, and Miami's got the stars, and they've got the number one star of them all, Mr. LeBron James himself. I'm, I'm still hesitant to call him king, but, you know, Mr. LeBron James is about the best he's going to get for me right now, which is pretty remarkable coming from somebody like myself. Nobody will beat the Heat. However, Indiana will give them a good run for their money. What do you think? Okay. What do I think? Um, well, first I want to talk about the Heat real quick, and I like I like the Indiana pick. Indiana is definitely one of my – I have three squads who I think could give them some run depending upon how things play out, injuries and everything like that. You know, the season, the, the attrition of the season, and, and who's built to outlast, who's built to last throughout all of the things that will happen over the course of the season. Thinking about the Heat, you got a team that's coming off a title. You know, they got rid of Mike Miller, um, which – whether you acknowledge it or not, man, he, he, he they oiled him up at the right time. <laughs> you know what I mean? There were times where it was like, man, this dude is like built like the crib keeper, man. He's just falling apart on the court. But they get him right just at the right time, and he makes big shot after big shot after big shot when they needed it. Um, so they're going to miss that element. Now, they've taken some calculated gambles this offseason, getting uh, Michael Beasley, former number two overall draft pick, and bringing in my man Greg Oden. You know, I got this weird relationship with Greg where, you know, I just like the cat. I like the game. Unfortunate things happen to him. I'm looking forward to seeing him be able to play basketball again, knowing he's not going to be nearly what he was. Um, but just to be able to see him get back on the court and possibly contribute on a good team is something I'm really looking forward to. So they took two calculated gambles with those two guys. You have elite-level talent. Um, one, there's some mental issues. Some, some attitude issues, and then another you have some health issues. If they can make good on either one of those, if either one of those guys sticks and becomes a contributing rotation kind of player, that really elevates Miami to a, a, a whole other level. It's almost, if they can get rotation, solid play out of either one of those guys, if they get both, then that's like a Rodman-esque addition, in my opinion, for the Heat, where it's not, not, not that they're going to have that kind of an impact, but it's it's going to give them a, a new dimension. You know, you're talking in Beasley, you're talking about a 6'10", small <clears> forward <throat> who can shoot it from the perimeter, albeit he shoots way too much and always at the wrong time. Um, but he has an unbelievable skill set, a skill set that got him picked second in the draft. Um, and he's, only tw- he's only in his early 20s. He's still in his early 20s. So you get that. And then you also have Greg Oden, who is a big man, athletic, still have the athleticism. We're going to have to see. Who knows whether after, you know, 75 knee surgeries, 
If he could jump over a pack of cigarettes, I'm gonna be astounded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we'll see if they. But it adds dimension to that team that you know, they can play small. They can go bigger now. They can do some different things with matchups that are gonna give other teams problems. Now, you talked about the Indiana Pacers, which you broke them down. You broke them down, and you, one key thing you talked about was the versatility that they have and the depth. They not only do they have depth, they have a versatile depth. You talk about being able to play a Louis Scola and a David West at the same time and not really lose any anything as far as size. You know what I mean? Or you can play Scola and and Hibbert. Or you can play Hibbert and, you know, you can bring in Chris Copeland, who's 6'8", you know, and play some small ball. You know, so they have a lot of different pieces that they can mix and match together you know, when you're talking about Granger, who's 6'9". They got a bunch of 6'9", 6'8", guys, and all of them are different. That's good. That, that could potentially cause problems, you, you know. Uh, the key for them is the backcourt. You know, bringing in C.J. Watson, veteran, that's going to help um, kind of fill in and give George Hill a breather from time to time, but their backcourt scares me a little bit. But I like, what you, I, like, I like your analysis of the Pacers. The Pacers are one of the teams on my list. The other squad on my list is the Chicago Bulls. Um, D. Rose is coming back, and in the preseason, preseason is preseason. Take everything with a grain of salt, but my man dropped 22 points in 21 minutes the other night, 32 and 31 minutes one night. So, you know, he he's clicking on all cylinders right now. Now, again, 82 games is 82 games, and that's that's a grind. And if his body can hold up through that grind, I think he'll have Chicago right back where they were before he got injured um, as one of the top teams in the league. And not having him for a year, one of the benefits of not having him for a year is that, you know, other guys got to kind of step up and take on some of that that scoring role where it felt like his the burden was always on him to create shots. Now, they still don't have a whole lot of guys who can create shots, but they do have guys who are more confident getting shots and knocking down open shots. When you talk about the development of a Jimmy Butler, Luau Dang doing Luau Dang things, um, Carlos Boozer being himself, Todd Gibson. These are all guys who are mainstays. The Cordis team is still together. You know, they added some interesting pieces, bringing in Mike Dunleavy, um, keeping Kirk Heinrich. Uh, so, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how all this fits, how all it comes together. You know, their defensive-minded squad, Dunleavy in defense, you know, the only D in his whole repertoire at the front of his uh, last name. <laughs> that's the only thing Don't talk about my new boy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting, though. They got three new guys on the squad. So, you know, uh, the, the GM in Chicago obviously has an affinity for winning basketball programs because that's how he, he kind of goes out, goes about his business and drafts his guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Bulls do. You know, they're going to play tough defense. Rose's explosiveness and whether he'll be able to hold up throughout the entire season is going to really make a break. That group, they're still going to be in the mix with or without him. With him, they're right nipping on the heat's heels um, as a potential threat. Again, I'm with you. I don't think anybody's going to beat the heat. Until I see it, until I see something that looks like it can knock them off, I'm, 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 I'm rolling with LeBron, D-Way, Ray Allen, Bosh, all those dudes. The next team that I think could possibly give us some go is the Brooklyn Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will tell you, something's not right about this because we're agreeing way too much tonight. I know it's still early in the show, and this is not quite like it's us, early, but, but Brooklyn it's was going to be bro. my next best team. I, I could I could chew up your Chicago debates and, and spit you out. However, I'm not, I'm not in the mood of that. I just want good radio right now. So I'll agree with you, and let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. You break them down. Break down the Nets for us. So my only issue with the with the Brooklyn Nets is the age and the health of both Paul Agreed. Pierce and Kevin Garnett and, and Jason Terry, might I add. You know, I really like the fact that they brought in some veteran leadership to kind of lead Darren Williams, who was admittedly, self-admittedly was overweight last year, had the ankle issue, which got him out of shape, uh, uh you know, I, I don't know that he lived up to his full top five point guard potential last year. I really like the steps Brooke Lopez took last year. However, they brought in some key pieces in Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, who's going to end up coming off the bench. I think that, you know, that gives them depth. It gives them competitiveness, guys who have beat LeBron James in the past, so they know what it's going to take. Uh, I really like you know, we we say the big names, the Hall of Famers, the All Stars, the past All Stars, and Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Iso Joe is what I call him uh, from his Atlanta Hawks days, yeah. Joe Johnson. Yeah. But yeah. to me, those names, you know, we're going to hear those names. I'm going to talk about Andre mm-hmm. Karolinko, Mr. Yeah, get into that. Get into that. He's going to be the six seven guy off the bench that's going to come in and provide length, rebounding defensive toughness. You know, he, he he's a rushing cat, man. You know, them cats, you can't do too much with them. So he's going to foul LeBron hard. He's going to provide, you know, that, that rim protection that New Jersey's – Brooklyn, I apologize, has always been lacking. Um, and then, you know, a cat that's really been impressing me in the, uh, in the summer league and in preseason as well, from highlights, from defending the rim, and another big off the bench to give you six fouls is, as you mentioned in the last segment, you know, the Duke Blue Devils, Mr. Mason Plumley. You know, if, yeah. if you watch Mason's development year over year from his rookie, from his freshman year at Duke till now, he's progressed every year, okay? They're not asking much from him. You give him 10 to 15 minutes a game, a couple rebounds here and there, some highlight dunks. He's going to give you what you need. Now, if you look based on paper, this this Brooklyn Nets team reminds me of that Los Angeles Lakers team when they had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and them boys. You remember that squad? Yep, lost to Detroit. They've got Hall of Famers. D. Will will be in the Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce mm-hmm. will be in the Hall of Fame. Kevin Garnett will be in the Hall of Fame. Joe Johnson, he's teeter-tottering on the low. A lot of cats disrespect ISO Joe, but he's brought a lot to this league for over the past, you know, decade or so. So they've got the starters. They've got the names. They've got the notoriety. The only question, they've got the bench. The only question mark is Jason Kidd as a head coach, okay, and mm-hmm. and the age and and the management of the health of their veterans. If they stay together, I will put them over Indiana to beat Miami just because they've got the, the veteran the veteran attitude and the and the you know basketball IQ to take down that thereof a LeBron James and company. 
And I, what I would say is I, I agree with that point. I think when you look at this squad in uh, Brooklyn, and that's why I call them the Brooklyn Celtics, this roster is better than any of the – I mean, this supporting cast is probably better than any supporting cast Pierce and Garnett had in Boston. Um, when you talk about, again, a potentially top five point guard in his prime with Darren Williams, who hopefully comes in in shape. If he's in shape, you know, he's in the conversation with one of the best PGs in the league, period. You know, he does things – he does a lot of what Rondo can do as far as setting people up. He doesn't – he's not as a gifted a defender as Ron, Rondo, but he is a better scorer, which, which adds a new dimension. Then you talk about playing with a seven-footer who can put the ball in um, in a, a variety of ways when you talk about Brooke Lopez. You add in Joe Johnson, who – Iso Joe, I love that nickname because it, it, it's very fitting. <laughs> um, is again, he can do a lot of what Pierce can do. So that's taking some load off of off of Paul. You know, you can run the same sets with Joe in the game that you can run with Paul in the game, and Joe's still a pretty good shooter. So you can get some of that Ray Allen action with Joe. Then you got guys like Reggie Evans, Andre Blatch. You know what I'm saying? You got Reggie Evans, Andre Blatch, bangers, bangers, guys who can come in, be athletic, do some dirty work give you some size up front, give you some versatility with that size when you talk about blacks. So there, uh, and you, then you, you mentioned that you went over AK-47 thoroughly, so I'm not going to retouch on that. The kid, AK-47, coming off the bench to give you a little something. This team, as you said, what, what, it, what it boils down to is health first and then the kid factor. you got a championship roster with a rookie coach, and that's the one thing that worries me about this particular situation. That's the one reason that I feel like of the three teams I mentioned, they have the uh, widest range of uh, – they have, the, they have the, the, the highest range of sealing the floor. You know what I mean? Whereas there's not very, very, very much variation between where the Pacers will be, can be, and where they you know, will be if things go wrong. And the same thing with the Bulls. I don't think there's a whole lot of movement or variation in, the, in my projection for them. With this one – this could go a lot of ways. <laughs> this could go a lot of different ways, man. It could go really well or it could go really bad. And we've seen it before. We've seen it play out before. So give me the other teams that you have filling out your kind of top eight in the East um, as far as potential playoff squads. Okay. Uh, I, I will do that. But, however, I want to just touch base on, on, on Brooklyn one last time. We, we talk about Jay Kidd as a rookie head I think I lost you for a second. We're going, to, we're going to let Justin get back with us. But, you know, I, I think he was going to make a point about Jason Kidd being kind of a rookie head coach. And for me with Kidd and, and his inexperience, I don't knock him for it. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a, a hindrance overall. I think as they get into playoff situations, tight games, then I think it's going to be a big issue. Um because we know in the playoffs it becomes a chess match. And he has people on the bench to help him through that. But in-game management and making those decisions on the fly, he's the head guy, and he's going to have to be able to make those calls. Uh, and he's got to be able to see some things and, and make some things independent of his staff. And I don't know if he'll be able to do that when it comes crunch time. Because sometimes, you know, the only way to ride, learn how to ride a bike is by riding a bike. And if you haven't rode a bike before, it's not going to be the easiest thing to do. It's not going to be the easiest thing to pick up and just get back to. So that's 
with with Brooklyn, that's kind of where I where I see them faltering a little bit. On top of he's got to manage minutes, which given the roster they have, I don't think will be as difficult as it is. But if they start to get a rash of injuries where Garnett's down for an extended period of time and then Pierce goes down for an extended period of time, they need a lot of time to gel because you're bringing in guys outside of Pierce, Garnett, and Terry. A lot of these guys haven't really played together and they haven't really gone through the wars of a playoff run together. And we all know that that means a lot. The Heat had to go through a, a run, a failed run, before they could get it going. Really, as far as teams that have been put together on the fly and not built through the draft, really we've only seen the, the 08 Celtics be able to come together very quickly and come together and make a run and win a championship. And that was a very unique group because you had a bunch of vets who had been in situations where they had gotten close before or they were just sick of it and they were willing to sacrifice and do all the things you need to do to be a championship squad. So what I'll do right now, I'm going to give you guys my top eight in the uh, in the Eastern Conference until we get Justin back. I have, number one, the Miami Heat. For all the reasons I laid out before, LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, Ray Allen, all of those guys are going to come in and do what they need to do. They have a culture there now of winning. If either one of the calculated gambles that they've taken, and Mike Beasley and Greg Oden bear fruit, that not pushes them into a into a different a different range. Because again, you're getting top of the draft talent. You know, it's damaged talent. It's like buying a used Benz. You know, Benz with some things in it. It's still a Benz though. And if you can hook it up, you can trick it out. It's still going to shine. You bring it out. You may not be able to ride it every day, but you pick some special occasions. You pull out your bins. It's going to still look nice. All right? It's still going to have its moments where it's the hottest thing on the block. And so that's what they have at Odin Beasley. And, you know, Beasley, for all his faults, is still an unbelievable talent. You know, what he was able to do in college and even early in his career, as far as being a scorer, he can score. We all know he can score with anybody. It's in between his ears. And Odin, you know, we'll see what we get from him. So I got the Heat first. I have the Chicago Bulls second. We'll see if Justin agrees with that. Justin seems to not not be as, as keen on the Bulls as I am. I think the Bulls are going to be what the Bulls have been. I think, you know, Derrick Rose looks like he's back to himself. He looks like he's working on his jump shot a little bit, a little bit more confident. I'm glad he took the time to get right. You know, you see how difficult it is. Adrian Peterson kind of threw everybody's kind of uh, their gauge off a little bit. Everybody thinks you get an ACL, you come back. Agent Peterson did it. Agent Peterson is a freaking agent. He might not be from planet Earth. Just to let you know, he might not even be from around here. He's a different guy. You know, if you watch what RG3 is going through in D.C., where early in the season people were calling for Kirk Cousins because he didn't look like RG3. That would, that's what would have happened to Derrick Rose if he'd come back last year. He's back. He's ready to be himself. He's ready to do his thing. So I think the Bulls are going to be right back where they were, either as a one seed if the Heat kind of pull back on the gas and kind of let themselves um, and kind of pace themselves through the season. If they do that, then I think the Bulls will wind up being a one seed. You know, Thibodeau is going to have them playing excellent defense. It's, don't Kim know what's going to do his thing. 
Jimmy Butler is a new piece that they didn't have pre-Rose injury. So I think the Bulls are going to be back in the mix as one of those squads. Now, my man Justin, you back? I'm back. What happened? Where'd you lose me? I was on a, I was I on know, a soliloquy that was for the ages. Yeah, you just kind of dropped. So I, I just kind of went rolling, and I was get, I was going through my top eight. I'm going to finish my top eight, and then I want you to take us through yours. All right, so I'm talking about my number two squad, which is the Chicago Bulls. And it seemed like you had some uh, some some different opinions on that. When you get into your list, I want you to break you break down what you see in the what you don't see in the Bulls that I see in the Bulls. Um, I got the Nets as number three. I got the NDF four. And again, these could, these could, I'm not, this is just these could flip flop. I'm, I'm these are this is fluent for me. Those top four, those top four are fluent. Everything after that, I'm pretty much these these, these cats can't get into that top four. Um, the Knicks. All right, five. I got Cleveland at six, Washington at seven, and the Toronto Raptors at eight. So that's my top eight in the Eastern Conference. What did Fred Samper say? How does that compare with yours? Elizabeth, Elizabeth. (laughs) What did Fred Samper say? Here we go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. This is what they want. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that my my last soliloquy got cut off because I, I dropped some some gems on them. But uh, I bet you, you know, did, man. I bet you did. We had that, that, uh, that, that's, going, that's gonna be that, that's the hidden track. That's the hidden track. We're gonna we're gonna recover the archives one of these days. But I agree with one you. of these days. The first, I've got the first five as interchangeable. To be honest with you, uh, I've got the Heat at number you got one. The mix in that mix, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got the Knicks in that mix. I can't count out the, the third best uh, forward in the game today. You know, personally, I've got the New York Knicks at number five. I'll go backwards, working forwards. I've got New York Knicks at number five. I've got Brooklyn, number four. Love the pieces that they added. You know, it's all about continuity, age, health with them, and the rookie head coach. Again, Jake Kidd hired Lawrence Frank, so I think he's going to be okay. Uh, I think between four and five, New York and Brooklyn can interchange. My top three, I've got Chicago at three, Indiana at two, and the Heat at one. Chicago, I don't know that they have enough firepower to, to, to you know, they got the defensive fortitude. They got Lawrence Frank. They got D. Rose back, which I love. But I think D. Rose is going to take away from the scoring of that of Jimmy Butler, that of Luel Ding, that of Carlos Boozer, and all those guys who really stepped up and gained their confidence last season. So one Heat, two Indiana, three Chicago, four Brooklyn, five New York Knicks. However, they're all interchangeable, okay? And I'm going to touch on the back half, and I, I want to ask for reassurance to hear that you hear me so I don't get cut off again. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. You're rolling. Okay. Good deal. Number six, I've got the uh, Atlanta Hawks, led by uh, the one and only Duke Blue Devil, Danny Ferry, and Coach Buttinger. I, I really think that, you know, they they gain by subtraction. Uh, they, they, they let Josh Walk, who's a superstar in this town, however, replacing him with Paul Millsap for half the price and more efficiency only does the Hawks well. I think Jeff Teague takes that next step to be a top ten point guard this year. I like the the re-signing of Kyle Korver, the international pieces that the Hawks have added. I really like Coach Buttinger and the Spurs concept and team first atmosphere that he's he's providing in the locker room. The continuity is there. Again, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, Elton Brand, another Duke guy. I really think that 
They've got players that know the game, understand the game, and know how to win. And I think that takes precedence over talent sometimes. So I've got Atlanta Hawks number six, and I've got the most improved team in the NBA based on uh, Real GM's uh, 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 survey that they did for all the uh, GMs in the league this year. I've got Detroit Pistons at number seven. Really love the pickup of, of uh, Brandon Jennings at the point guard, Jace Move at the small forward. You know, they've still got uh, Greg Monroe at the four. They've, they've got Andre Drummond, who came up from the D League, who I think is going to be a top fantasy center this year and a top center in the league as well. And last but not least, the most important piece of that team, which is Chauncey Billups. Obviously, the 2004 Finals MVP led the Pistons to the glory land for the first time since, you know, Isaiah and Joe Joey D and them boys in the microwave. I really think Detroit has the pieces that it takes to get to the playoffs this year. And then last but not least, another uh, first-timer in the playoffs, damn near in this decade or since the LeBron James era, I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I noticed you put Washington in there. I just don't see it. I don't like their front court at all. Nene, his health is suspect. Uh, Bradley Bill never believed in him. You can go back to the archives of our show and, and, and we'll, you look at the uh, the debates there. I just don't think Washington has enough firepower. They don't have enough depth. I don't like their consistency on offense or defense for that matter. So I don't see Washington making it. I see Toronto as the ninth seed competing with both Cleveland, Detroit, and Atlanta for one of those final three spots. Okay. I don't, you know, though we had different teams, I don't have uh, a whole lot of bones to pick with with the teams that you picked. Honestly, the Knicks are kind of in a, in a zone for me where they're kind of like in that in-between land where I don't really see them as a contender, but they also don't belong with the rest of the squads in the East as far as that kind of back end of the playoffs, or potential playoff teams. But when you're talking about the Cleveland, the Washington, the Toronto, Atlanta, Detroit, um, all those teams, I mean – there's so there's so much potential with I think all of those teams for improvement. I think a lot of it is how do how do how do things shake out? How do pieces come together? Um, you know I can't argue with what you said about Atlanta. It's just so many question marks. Is is it going to work? You know is it is it really subtraction addition by subtraction subtraction getting rid of Josh Smith? And I know that's your home squad right now, so you have a bird's eye view of kind of what's going on with that particular organization. Um, you know, Detroit, they made some really great moves. But can you play Drummond, Monroe, and Smith all together, given that none of them is a, a, a kind of a three-point shooter type, when we know spacing is huge in the league today, the way the game is played? So, I mean, it could work out beautifully. I could also see a scenario where that works out really well. Same thing in Atlanta. I, everything you said, I could see it happening exactly like that. And I'll I tell you this. Paul Millsap is Josh Smith. Minus the headache. Every time Josh shoots the shoot beyond 15 feet, the crowd would, no, no, no. Paul Millsap, he's not going to give us that no, no, no aspect. He's going to make the right pass, the right play. He came up under Jerry Sloan, Ty Corbin. They know how to play the game. Paul Millsap is going to, to improve our team in ways that you could never imagine. And he, and he will, but the thing that Paul Millsap doesn't do that Josh Smith did is rebound, block. Well, he, he's, he's about a similar rebounder. Let me, let me take that back. Let me take that back. He's a similar rebounder, but it's the defensive defensive aspects of being able to guard three to four spots on the court 
that Millsap just ain't going to give you. He's going to work his tail off. He's going to work his tail off trying to give you everything he's got. I, I don't detract that at all. And I don't think it will be a subtraction on that side. He just doesn't give you the upside that Josh gave you on that side. But I, I, I agree with you. Offensively, I think he's a better player than Josh Smith. Josh Smith has more tools, but I think as far as what I'm going to get, I know what I'm going to get from Paul. I know it's going to be efficient. I know it's going to fit within the framework of what I'm doing. So I will be high on that situation, too, if I was an Atlanta Hawks fan. So, I, you know, again, those last couple of teams, I think it's going to be real fluid. Which of those teams that are kind of at the back end do you think are going to push themselves a la the Golden State Warriors, which you called last year? You called the Warriors. We were both kind of high on the Warriors. We kind of talked about them jumping into that group, that, 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 that next level of Western Conference team. Who in the East could be a Warriors-like team? We talk about, we call it unsigned hype. That squad just kind of lurking under the radar that could jump up into the mix and be a squad. That by the you end of the what? season, we're looking at them uh, way different. I'm going to answer that by saying I thought I was going to shock you. However, we had the slight mishap with the communication devices, and I kind of heard your soliloquy. But my sleeper, my dark horse in the East who has the potential to sneak in is, is the, the one, the only Toronto Raptors. It, it, it's mind-boggling to hear. It's mind-boggling to say because they've been the bottom of the franchise ever since Vince Sanity left. Him and T-Mac broke up the Raptors, and they were never quite the same. They were not in the United States. They couldn't attract free agents, and I was always down on them. But it seems like they finally figured it out. You know, I think that, that uh, what's his name, uh, DeMar DeRozan has got more comfortable. He's coming to his own. They, they hired... Uh, the cat from, from Denver to be the new general manager, Erie. They got yeah. Kyle Lowry, who's a proven commodity at the point guard position, who who who, who played at all-star caliber level for the first time of the uh, for the first half of the season last year. So think about this. You got a starting lineup of Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, who's a stud beyond beyond himself, Amir Johnson, who's a rebounding machine. And the boy Vasilunas, who was a first-round draft pick not too long ago. People forget because he's lost out there in Toronto. But them boys have a squad. They can go up and down. They've got athleticism between Rudy Gay, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan. they got a couple players coming off the bench. I really like Landry Fields, who was from New York. The, the, the one dark spot I don't like for Toronto is the backup point guard position. I think D.J. Augustine last year with the Pracers, proved that he does not belong in the NBA. Uh, you know, no disrespect to him and his family, however. He, he shouldn't have a job unless he's in the D-League or coaching somewhere. But, uh, you know, Tyler Hansborough's a tough guy coming off, uh, you know, those tough Indiana, uh, tough basketball-minded teams. So they've got toughness, they've got rebounding, they've got athleticism. It wouldn't surprise me if Toronto snuck in there and knocked off either Cleveland, Detroit, or Atlanta. Yeah, and for a lot of the reasons you said, that's why I'm kind of I, I kind of see Toronto possibly being a squad that that makes a move into the playoffs. The team that I think I have two teams that I think we'll be talking about and looking at differently by the end of this coming season. One is a playoff team. One is a team that won't make the playoffs. But I think. As things start to shake out and the season progresses, we're going to see a lot of potential in this particular group of guys. The first team is uh, Cleveland. Um, 
This is minus Bynum. We'll see. <laughs> With Bynum, minus? you just go stand over there. We're just going to stand over there and we'll see what Bynum is going to bring to the table when he, whenever, if he ever comes back. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Kyrie is a beast, certified beast. If they can get anything out of Anthony Bennett, who is the number one pick, if he can contribute, you got Tristan Thompson, you got Andy Barajal coming back, you got Deion Waiters. They have some really good young pieces where – you know, they could be one of those teams that kind of shocks a team in the first round, pushes them a little bit, but doesn't beat them, you know, but announces themselves as, hey, we're going to be a problem. And Kyrie is going to be the head of that snake um, as, as, as it goes forward. The other squad I like is the Orlando Magic. A lot of young pieces, a lot of good young pieces. I like Oladipo. I like Victor Oladipo. wasn't really high on him coming out, but watching him play in summer league, watching the things he's doing in the preseason, I like his game, and I like what they're allowing him to do and how they're using him in their system. Um, Tobias Harris is a guy who I got to see a lot of in Milwaukee, and it just baffled me how the Bucks never really let that kid get out there and do his thing. That's a really talented dude. He's going to be, right now, he's probably going to be the best player on that squad. Um, once Oladipo kind of grows into the role, I think Oladipo is going to take over it, take the reins as the, the lead dog <laughs> on that team. But Tobias has the ability to score. He, he's like a, a really, really, really poor man's mellow. <laughs> but he can score in a lot of different ways. He can score in a lot of different ways. He can play that four. He can play that three. You know, he, yeah, he's obviously not in anywhere in the mellow's range as far as his scoring ability, but he can score. He can score. And he got Mo Harkless, who's really athletic. Vucevic, who's a beast on the block, a rebounder, seven-foot stud, young seven-foot stud they got. And then you got Andrew Nicholson, who can be a stretch four. So they got some pieces. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I really don't think they're going to push to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to land in a loaded lottery and come out with another piece or be able to package some stuff up and possibly make some moves and start to build that team up. Um, but I think they're going to use that OKC model. And in a couple of years, you know, two, two years or so, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be looking at Orlando different. I think this year you're going to start to see those signs. I'm going to tell you this. My son watches a lot of Scooby-Doo. He's six years old next week, Thursday. And I'll meet you with a, huh? <laughs> that's, my, that's my response to your Orlando Magic pick. However, I agree that they will not make the playoffs and they will be in the lottery, and we could see something from them from years to come. <laughs> no disrespect intended. <laughs> no, I mean, you didn't disagree with anything I said. <laughs> yeah, I just said that, you know, they're that. a team that by I, the end I of the feel season, like, though, I think people are going to be more excited gave, about them than they are right now. Absolutely. You gave Cleveland the credit. I feel like they deserve, however you left off, one acquisition they made from the Los Angeles Lakers, that of Earl Clark. I think he's going to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. outside, did outside stretch small forward position. I think Earl Clark is going to be huge in that offense with Kyrie and Deion Waiters. Agreed. I think that, Agreed. you know, with, with Bynum down low if he happens to make it, and or Andy, whoever is the, is the center at the time, I think Earl Clark can can play that three four position, stretch the floor, get to the bucket, get some easy buckets, and get things going for his ball club. I think that that's only going to make Kyrie that much more better because now he's got a guaranteed offensive weapon at every position on the floor. So no matter who he passes to, he knows he can get that assist, and he doesn't have to do too much on his own. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I, that. That's my omission on Earl, but I think Earl is going to be a contributor out there. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland did some nice stuff. Now, looking at this Eastern Conference, 
Um, the last thing I want to talk about are young players who, you know, like we talked about, we, we both touted Steph Curry as being, being a guy that was going to make that jump, and he was going to be the reason why Golden State was going to be a different kind of a team than they have been in the past. Who are some guys in the East, in just the East, who you think are going to carry their teams a little bit further than we think they would, uh, then based upon their previous performance, we would think. What are those good players that are going to become great and those all right guys who are going to become good players and solid contributors where you look like, oh, this cat could be something one day? Who you got kind of fitting into that young G, as we call it on the show category? So my first young G, I'm, I'm going to go with Drake Drummond, to be honest with you. Coming out of college, he was a highly recruited center. Didn't quite have the NBA tools. He worked his way through the D-League last year. Had a hell of a summer league this year. Averaged a double-double. I really like Dre Drummond, you know, with the pieces that are around him. He's not going to be asked to do too much. Teams can't double him because you've got the outside shooting of uh, Brandon Jennings, Chauncey Billups. You've got the versatility of Jay Smooth. you got Greg Monroe on the block with you. I think Dre Drummond is going to come along as a top ten center this league, and this comes from a guy who, who who's seldomly played in the NBA. He spent most of his time in the D League, so I think he's going to make that jump from uh, he's all right to you know what he's pretty good. I'm also going to say Evan Turner. Evan Turner, he's, he's got a bad rap. He, I was going to say he's your homeboy, but he's Ohio State, so I'm a little bit off, so I apologize. But, uh, <laughs> you know, getting that number two pick some years ago, which I felt was high then, but now I see where the, the 76ers are going with that. They got rid of Drew Holiday, sent him to New Orleans. You know, New Orleans Noel, he's not going to play this year. They're going to be counting on some veteran leadership. He's now been in the league three, four years. He he hasn't quite lived up to his hype, but he showed flashes last year, you know, averaging just under 12 points a game. I think Evan Turner is going to turn into that go-to score that Philly needs him to be. Yeah, they're going to lose a boatload of games. However, from an individual perspective, Evan Turner, his shooting percentage will go up this year, his efficiency will go up this year, and he's going to be the number one option outside of Thaddeus Young for the Philadelphia 76ers. And last but not least, I got Jimmy Butler taking a step up. I really like the, the toughness, the, the mental fortitude, the defensive-minded nature that, that he, he, he showed last year in D. Rose's absence. And I think with D. Rose coming, there's going to be more focus on trying to defend D. Rose, and I think that's going to open up things for the one, the only Jimmy Butler out of Marquette. And uh, those are my three guys that are going to go from all right to good: Dre Drummond, Jimmy Butler, and Evan Turner. Okay, all right. I got. I have a couple of guys. Dre Drummond was on my list as well. I agree with you. He's going to go from ah right, that guy's all right to yo. This dude could be really awesome in a couple of years. Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. where he's going to go. I think that's where he's going after this season. I think he's going to open up everybody's eyes to why when he was coming out of high school, they were talking about him as the number one pick. The fact that he fell to 10 was a gift to the D. <laughs> it was a gift to Detroit. The fact that they got him at 10, it was like when the Celtics got Paul Pierce at 10, for whatever reason, you know, guys like that sometimes drop. It happens. They got a, a top-tier talent. They got him in the, headed in the right direction. I like Dre Drummond. Another guy I'll have on my list is uh, Jonas Valanciunas, the big man out of Toronto. He's one of the big reasons that I have Toronto possibly making the playoffs. Um, I watched him in summer league. 
And what you want, what I don't, I don't care what numbers guys put up in summer league. What I watch is how do they look against guys who we know are not league guys? Do they look like I'm? I'm? Do they just move and play like I'm better than these dudes? Valencia Eunice in summer league was like, yeah, just take him out. <laughs> just take him out of the game. He's not one of them. <laughs> he doesn't need to be playing here. Like, okay, yeah, this is not okay. It's not okay. It's not fair. It's not. It's not right. He was abusing dudes all summer, abusing guys. He played as if he belonged in the league. And I think for a guy like him, that's what you look for, especially with bigs. When it's time to dominate, do they dominate? And he definitely dominated. There was no doubt that he looked head and shoulders above anybody else who he was on the court with. I'm banking on that transference into the season. He's a force on the block. He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. I think he's going to give that squad a, another level of toughness. He doesn't have to score a ton of points. Um, I think he's going to do a lot defensively for them. I think he's going to give them some scoring, though. He's going to give them some inside points that Toronto has never had. They've never had a center out there. Um, you know, no disrespect to Anthony Davis, but, you know, he was well beyond his years in, in the dream as well. And when they were out there in Toronto, they was well beyond their years. But I think he's going to give them something, an inside game to go with and compliment Rudy Gay and the Terrence Rosses and DeMar DeRozan and the Kyle Lowry's out there, and he's going to back them up defensively. I think that's going to be a, a tough squad defensively um, if he comes around the way I think he can. The next guy I got, my last guy, this is a guy not going from all right to good, but from going good to great, and that's John Wall. Um, watching him this preseason and watching this, what I've seen of him in the summer, John Wall has really worked on his jump shot, particularly his mid-range jump shot. And he's improved it to the point where I think it makes him really a really tough check. It makes him really tough to guard. Now, whether it holds up when the lights go on, because we've seen guys come in with new, in, into the season with new mechanics and all that kind of stuff, and it looks good during the preseason. Then when the lights come on and the real D hit them, they go back to that old shaky, herky, jerk shot that they're <laughs> used to. So we'll see how it goes. If it holds up, though, I see him pushing that Washington team into one of those low spots in the playoffs. Because when he came back last year, he made everybody's life easier. Brad Beal was like a totally different player. And I was high on Brad Beal coming in because I thought, he'd be, I thought John Wall would have that effect on him. Brad Beal needs John Wall because when John Wall wasn't there, Brad Beal struggled. He struggled. I, 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 saw it, I, I saw the same things you saw. He struggled. When Wall came back and allowed Beal to play off the ball and do his thing, totally different player. Even for guys like Ameka Okafor and Nene, totally different guys when Wall is there. When Wall is not there, that team sucks. <laughs> I agree. And all so those guys were can't get out of each other's way. Once Wall got back. Yeah, and so when, he, when, when Wall came back, you saw things kind of level a little bit. I don't think they're world beaters by any means, but I think they could sneak into the playoffs and, and possibly catch an eight seed or a seven seed. That's all I'm saying with that crew. But I think if they do that, it'll because if they do anything more than that, it's going to be because John Wall took a step, another step, and became a more confident shooter. Really, that's what it boils down to. He's got the speed and athleticism. He just has to become a more confident shooter. So listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSC, Renegade Radio. That was our When the East is in the House Eastern Conference preview. Now we're going to go hit them up style. Tupac, hit them up style take you out west and talk about the Western Conference. Again, you're listening to the Real Sports Guys. It's Mark is the game changer in the house with my man, my ace, my NBA head, 
our NBA expert, Justin Page, and we give you the lowdown on the 2013-14 season. We're going to keep it rolling because we, we, we get long-winded talking about the league. You got two guys who are NBA heads to the heart. So when we get talking about the league, we get a little bit long-winded. So we're going to jump right in. We're not going to give you no commercials. We're going to go commercial-free. This is HBO-style, no commercials, you know, cable, uh, cable radio, <laughs> satellite radio. Uh, we, we're going no commercials because we got to get everything in because we got a lot We got a lot of opinions, opinionated cats. So nothing but a gangster party. That's what we call this segment when we're talking about a deep Western conference. I'm going to pass it off to my man Justin. And I want to talk about this is going to be a brawl. I mean, this is going to be Battle Royale, WWE, WWF back in our day. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be Battle Royale, tables, chairs, ladders. This is a deep conference, man. When you're talking about when I was going through my playoff teams, I'm putting teams at like six or seven. I'm like, yo, man, this team is way better than a six or seven seed. But it's like I can't really put them ahead of the other teams, though. I mean, this is this, when you talk about variation and floor and ceiling, and who could be at the top and who could be at the bottom. I can say you can go six or seven teams deep in the West, and any you can you can see any combination of them being a one, a two, or three, four. I, this can go a lot of different directions as far as I'm concerned. What is your perception of the West? After you give me that, give me some teams you think are going to make it out of this melee. Well, game change. I I, I got to say nobody else could tee that up as beautifully as you did. Uh, I really struggled going through my Western Conference picks this year. I, I, I told my buddy as soon as the draft was over, the East is ten times better than the West this year. I kind of jumped the gun, comparable to when I said AI was top five. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I said the, the the West, the East is finally back. You know, back in the days when they had Jordan, Craig Elo, Isaiah Thomas, and them boys. And I said, you know what? That may not be accurate because I can't come up with a number one seed in the West. It could be the Clippers. Yeah. It could. It could be the yep. Thunder. It could be yep. the Spurs. It could be the yep. Rockets. Like, yep. as interchangeable as the top seeds in the East are, the West is the same way, and that's why I love the NBA. We finally got the parity that we've long awaited for. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I really like the the acquisitions that the Clippers made in bringing in head coach Doc Rivers. I think he's worth 10, 10 games in itself. You know, they won 50 last year. They could win 60 this year, maybe more. Do I think they'll break the Bulls' record? Absolutely not. However, they're going to have an impact. You know, they picked up uh, uh, Nick. They picked up J.J. Redick, who, who, who's very near and dear to my heart because of what he did for the Duke Blue Devils. They picked up a back uh, a backup point guard to replace Eric Bledsoe and Darren Collinson. They pick up Jerry Dudley, who's an all-around player. A lot of people give Jerry Dudley a hard time because he's not a star. He's not a go-to player, but he's very formidable. He can he can achieve a task, and that's scoring the basketball and or defending. I really like Antoine Jameson off the bench, a seasoned veteran. Very He's class personified in the NBA and well-received. And with Doc Rivers coaching those boys and Doc Rivers being a point guard's coach, I think I'll go out on a limb and tell you, Rajon Rondo is going to take a step back this year without Doc Rivers. And Chris Paul, even though as as, uh, asinine as it may seem, he's going to take a step forward. He's going to be better than he was last year. So 
I'm going out on a limb, my friend, and taking your choice from last year's Western Conference and put Los Angeles Clippers at the number one spot. Number two, I've got the OKC Thunder. I can't count out the, the, the second best player in all of basketball and Kevin Durant, the 6'10 lethal assassin that he is. Uh, I, I'm just nervous about that pick because of the Russell Westbrook factor. I, I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. You know, uh, that's hit or miss. But I can't count out KD. I can't count out Scott Brooks as a head coach. He's been phenomenal since he took over that franchise. And I think they've got pieces. Serge Ibaka is going to, to improve without Russell Westbrook and with another year under his belt. I really like what, what OKC has to offer. I got San Antonio as three. You know, they they join as a collective group. They've joined the Vino Club, the Kobe Bryant Club, as I like to call it. They get finer with time. So <laughs> you got to go San Antonio number three. And, and I got your, your favorite player, uh, DH12, leading the Houston Rockets, along right. with the James Harden at the number four seed. And those are my top four seeds in the West. And I know we got some time, so I'll let you talk about your top four, and then we'll go five through eight after that. All right, sweet, sweet. Let's do that. Let's do that. So your top four is pretty much the same as my top four, um, except I have a slight variation. Again, this was really hard, folks. Now, y'all might disagree and say, where's my squad, where's my team? You try it. <laughs> you, go, you, you take out a pen and a pad, and you give me the top eight teams in the West. And I guarantee you, from six to one, Anybody can have a problem with your with, with the team you pick number one. Anybody can come and poke a hole in your in your list. So is is that close? Is that close at the top of the Western Conference? So my one seed, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned, I'll, I'll sum it up in one word: stability. Um, of all of the teams in the West, there's a little bit of flux um, going on right now with those teams. Things are switching, and I think the regular season is about groove. It's about groove. It's about finding a rhythm, and I think the teams that find a rhythm earliest are going to have going to build up that cushion where once it gets thick, they'll have a few games kind of tucked away where you know we we kind of got our got our stuff together early in the season, so we won a few games early that we probably won't win later against some of the other tough teams in the West just because we were a little bit more on point with ours uh, because we've been together for a minute. And for me, I think the Clippers, their core, they added some pieces, but their core, I think, is solid. And when I talk about stability, I'm talking about really Doc Rivers and coming in and bringing a sense of calm, a sense of purpose, a sense of focus, kind of moving them away from the empty kind of showboaty style that they had uh, kind of caught the attention of the league with, which they needed. You know, they needed to come out and, and, and drop some drop something flashy to change the perception of what that was, now it's time to dig into some substance. Now it's time to switch it up and come back with something that's going, going to really stick and win the title. So I got the Clips. Um, second, again, I got San Antonio. Every I'm, I'm done doing it. I'm done. It's like Floyd Mayweather. Every time I think Floyd going to lose, every time I come into a fight, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. Floyd knocks the cat out. <laughs> he just does what he does. So I, you got to stop doubting these guys. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to take a step. He's going to be a, a bigger piece of what they do. I think he's going to, in the regular season, kind of take on a bigger role, he and Tony Parker, and they're going to propel them forward. 
Um, I think San Antonio is going to be the two seed. Oklahoma City, I got them at the three seed. Um, again, it, this could go out any, any kind of way. But just given the Westbrook situation, given that they're going to, in the early season, they're going to be trying to figure out some different kind of roles for guys like a Reggie Jackson. They still have to find that third dude um, to kind of really complete that triumvirate that we're used to seeing out of OKC since the Harden trade. They kind of lost that dynamic. Um, and not having Russ there really puts a strain on. But it'll also open up an opportunity for a third catch to develop when you're talking about Jeremy Lamb. Is it going to be Jeremy Lamb? Is it going to be – I don't even know who else it could be. Um, but they got to find a third guy on their roster to pick up. Maybe Ibaka finally kind of takes that step that everybody, you know, thinks he's the third guy. Maybe he actually starts to play like that third guy. Um, we'll see. So, okay, I got L.A., uh, San Antonio, OKC, and then my – Fourth team, and this was this was the hardest because I had, I had like honestly I had three teams for this one spot, and I was I was going back and forth on who to put in this spot. Given the kind of thought process I'm going through, I went with Golden State. I went with the Golden State Warriors. Um, now again, all this is pending that Steph Curry's arthritic ankle is good. I mean, his paper mache ankle is <laughs> gonna hold up. <laughs> Because that, that dude's ankles are like Greg Oden's knees, right? So adding Andre Iguodala, I think, puts them at a different point because now they can move Harrison Barnes to the second unit. And he can come in and do what he can do, which is fill it up. He doesn't have to worry about necessarily sharing the ball with Steph and, and Clay and Bogut and David Lee. He can come in. You can put Iguodala in a facilitator role, and they can get – really unleash Harrison Barnes with that second unit. I like that. Plus, they're going to have a lot of days. Iggy is going to make them tougher defensively, and Mark Jackson was already molding them into a very tough defensive team. If Bogut is healthy, we know what he can do as far as being a defensive center, being able to play help D. He's a genius at it. If they can have him healthy, that's going to be a tough squad to score points on. And they have something that I, I picked them over Memphis in this spot because they have something that Memphis doesn't have. Memphis is very similar. These are two very similar squads when you really start to look at them. Both, I think they're going to be predicated on defense. Both have centers who are very smart defensive players. They both have a defensive philosophy. But the difference between the two is Memphis has nobody who can shoot. As we know, with Golden State, that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> they got guys who can fill it up from the perimeter, which I think is going to make them a very dangerous squad. So that's my top four. Uh, L.A. Clippers at one, San Antonio at two, OKC at three, Golden State at four. Now, again, I could be totally wrong. Golden State could end up one. San Antonio could end up six. You know, who knows? But that's what I got right now. That, I mean, I'm just working with what I got. The information I got is all I can, all I can work with. So that's my four. I want Justin to come in. Give me your 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 bottom four, your back end of the, of, of the Western Conference, and I'll give you mine. Go ahead. So I think we lost Justin again. We'll get him back in a moment. Justin, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. Got, yeah, got you. Gotcha. So now okay. I want you to give us your back, your your bottom four, your back end of the Western Conference. Unless you got some comments on on my on my uh, my guys, and you can hear that. Well, we're, we're real close. We're real close, game changers. So it's only out of respect that we that we, you know, we're on the same page. My only question is, if you got Golden State at four and Memphis at five, where in the world do you have the Houston Rockets who 
surprised everybody last year and then only added the best center in the game. However, I'm sure we're going to get to that. So yeah, we're going to get to know. that. We can get to that. And it's not out of disres- it's not out of, it's not at all out of disrespect for for Houston. I just think it's that thick. I just think it's thick out there, man. And if you're coming in and you're trying to figure out roles and stuff like that, you go. I mean, look at the Heat. Even when the Heat came together, they went 500 the first month of the month or two of the season. So you know what I mean. That that's really where what it boils down to. It's not so much. I think they're going to be in the mix at the end. When it's all said and done, when we get to June, Houston's going to be in the mix. But I think starting out, they're going, they're going, it's going to take them a minute to get the steam going and get used to each other and get all that, get acclimated and get rolling. That's all. Understandable, understandable. Just to recap, I got the Clippers at one, Thunder at two, San Antonio three, aka Vino, uh, and Houston Rockets at four. I've got both of uh, our sleepers from last year, Golden State Warriors at the, at the five. I think you did a great job analyzing and touching up on um, what they've brought to the table. My number six squad in the West is the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, however, you know, they took a step back. They were five last year. I got them taking a step back. And the only reason is due to the absence of Lionel Hollins. I think that their management did them an injustice and, and were quite egregious in their releasing of, of this this fine specimen of an NBA coach. I think Lionel Hollis is, is a gem for any ball club, and Memphis Grizzlies are idiotic to let that man go. You got the one-two punch with uh, Zach and and, Pat and uh, Mark Gasol down low. You know, how do you let? How do you break that team up? As great as they've been for that franchise, you know, they were uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a laughing stock. They they were a laughing. No, what you, the first year franchises. They were uh, oh expansion, I'm, expansion. They were an expansion team just years ago, and now they're competing for Western Conference Finals. They already eliminated the Spurs already. Like they're a great ball club under the guidance of Lionel Hollins, and they let that man walk. It's kind of it's almost blasphemy. Kind of like Denver letting George Carl go. How does that happen? So yeah, I've got how's that gonna work out number. for them? They got enough players. They got the defense. They got the 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 mental fortitude. You know, yeah, they're lacking shooters. Yeah, they're lacking, they're lacking people that can push the push the the tempo on offense. But I think they've got a style of play and an inside presence that can give any team, Western Conference or Eastern Conference, troubles down low. I really like Zebo. I really like Marcus Gasol, um, and I also like the addition of Mike Miller. Mike Miller can stretch the floor. And not to mention, they got Ed Davis from Toronto in that deal last year, who's going to be a great backup power forward to Zach Randolph. Yeah. So I really like Memphis yep. at the number six spot. And Memphis could, at number six, end up beating whoever they play at the three seed in the first Absolutely. round of the playoff. Absolutely. So, Completely so don't agree. sleep. Just because I got them at six doesn't mean I don't have them advancing in the playoffs. It's just it's a, it's that deep of a of a uh, of a conference this year that there could be some upsets in the playoffs, and I, I, I'm predicting that right now. My number seven seed, I've got the Denver Nuggets. You know, I struggled whether I was going to put Denver or Dallas in this spot, but I really like Brian Shaw. He he's been responsible for the emergence of Paul George in Indiana. He's uh, partly responsible for the success of Kobe Bryant, you know, kind of teaching them Michael Jordan's uh, mentality, his thought process, having that he played with him. 
I think Brian Shaw is a guy that relates to players. I think that as a head coach, he's going to do things for Denver that George Carl couldn't do. Granted, that up-tempo speed that George George Carl had them playing had them as a three seed this past year in the playoffs, but that couldn't sustain in the playoffs, which is why they got their butt kits. And I think that Brian Shaw has the ability to get them playoff ready. I like their squad. They've got depth. I really like uh, uh, Leonard, the uh, power forward. The boy is a beast on the boards. He defends. You know, they got they got everything you want. You know, Ty Lawson, he's a quick point guard. You know, there's not much that you need from the Denver Nuggets that they don't have. I really like JaVale McGee. I think he's going to come around. And they added Nate Robinson, who showed you what he could do in the playoffs last year when he torched the New Jersey Nets for, was it, 24 points in the fourth quarter in overtime alone. So I've got the Denver Nuggets at number seven. And my shocker pick of the night, everybody would think I would put the Dallas Mavericks at eight with their addition of Mr. Monte Ellis. However, I think Monte's only going to steal shots from Dirk, and Dirk's only getting older. And I can't bet against the original Vino and Kobe being Bryant. He'll be back eventually. And I can't bet against the trio of the three Hall of Famers, Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, Kobe Bryant, Los Angeles Lakers will make the playoffs and will give whoever the number one seed is a run for their money, and there it is, my bottom eight. My bottom eight, Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, all right. Um, you know, Denver was a hard team for me. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know how anything's going to work out. And again, the West is just so daggone tough. I left them out um, of my of my my eight altogether. I had them at nine. Um, I had the Lakers at ten. So we'll talk about that in a second. Let me let me just drop drop these. Uh, I got Memphis at six. You laid out Memphis perfectly. I'm not going to rehash that. Um, Houston. Again, I kind of talked about this a little bit before. I have Houston here not because I doubt their talent or that doubt that they'll be in the mix when it's all said and done. I think they, they again there's six teams. Who can who? If one of them came out, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that happen. You know what I mean? Like you can make a case for any of these six squads, um, but I think it'll take them a little bit longer to gel to figure out the whole Ashik Howard dynamic uh, to find that stretch. Who's gonna play that power forward spot? Is it gonna be uh, Monty Yunus? Is it gonna be uh, Terrence Jones? Who's gonna play that four spot? There's some, still some things they gotta sort out. Um, as far as who they're going to be, what style they're going to play. Are they going to play the same style they played last year, which was up-tempo, chuck a lot of threes? Are they going to play that same style with D12? Are they going to try and switch it up? I think it could go either way. I think when D12 was in Orlando and they worked and things worked, they chucked threes. You know, that was the best team he played on. When he took that team to the finals, they chucked threes. They had four three-point shooters around them. It works. So maybe Houston tries to replicate that. Who knows? So I got them at six. Um, my seventh. I have Dallas. I have Dallas. Um, I think they did enough to stay competitive. I think Dirk's going to come into the season. I think we're going to see a little bit of a resurgence of Dirk. He's going to try and drink some of that water that Timmy drank last year, that Tim Duncan drank to where it was like, yo, who is this cat? This looks like the old Tim. It's young, fry, <laughs> moving about. I think, I think Dallas is going to kind of jump up in that seventh spot and make some noise. You know, Monte Ellison, you're right, he's going to take away shots. He's going to take away shots from everybody. You know, he takes away shots from babies at the clinic. <laughs> See, he's taking shots, right? You know, you go to the doctor, get a shot, Monte jump in front of you. It's my shot. Bam. <laughs> Let me get that so back to the real quick. You know, 
he's going to do his thing, but I think they have some good pieces in place in Dallas. They're not named pieces. I think Calderon is a good point guard. I think he's the type of guy who will go there and, and bring some sort of order to that squad. Defensively, they're going to be challenged. They're going to be a defensively challenged team. Defense is not going to be their forte, but I think they'll be able to score a lot of points. Um, but that, again, it was a tough call. Don't forget they got Sam Dallenberry now blocking the uh, blocking yeah, the room for yeah. him. Yeah, and if he can if he can if he can be a really poor guy's uh, Tyson Chandler and do a little bit of what Tyson did for him, then you're kind of right back into that similar kind of a mix of squad that they had. You know, Ellis can play that Terry role. You know, and that's what I think they tried to go for is trying to replicate that with some cheaper pieces. Um, but again, we'll see how it all plays out with Dallas. Um, Carlisle, though, I, in Carlisle we trust. I think he's a good coach. He's a good mind. He'll figure out how to maximize those guys as best he can. My number eight, New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh. That's my number eight. Yeah, I'm calling it. I'm calling the shot early. Um, man, watching Anthony Davis in the world um, this this summer uh, with, the, with the Team USA, with the uh, training camp they had, he he's going to make me eat my words. I said that he would be a really good player. I didn't think he would be a franchise guy. You were if right. You recall, if Justin, you recall, what did I say? I'm putting this on tape. I'm putting this on tape. <laughs> Justin was right on Anthony Davis. Game changer didn't see it. That's not going to happen too often, but I'll give, I'm going to give the man his props. I've come around on Anthony Davis. Cat is going to lead that squad. You know, he is where KD was, I think, five, six years ago when OKC first got in the playoffs. He's got some pieces around him. Gordon, I think, is going to step up now. I think he's going to stop playing hurt. I think he's going to play hurt. Um, he's going to stop pretending to be injured. Drew Holiday, I think, was a steal. Um, adding Tyreek Evans, I think, is going to help resurrect Tyreek's career again. Um, I, man, I just I like that squad. You got Ryan Anderson, a guy who can, who's a big, who can shoot the three. You know, they got to find – they got to show up the middle. And if they can find a way and they can figure out a package to get a guy like Ashik out of uh, out of Houston and pair him with Anthony Davis on the inside, whew, that's a defensive front for you. That's a defensive front line for you. Um, they still have some pieces missing. You know, if they get anything out of Austin Rivers, that's another piece they got kind of waiting in the wings to see if he can become something – he can become kind of what he was projected to be. You get another guy like that coming off the bench. You know, they have Afro Camino, who's athletic. I think they have a good mix of guys where they have they can play a definitive style. I think Anthony Davis is going to carry them a lot farther than people anticipate. I'm expecting a big year from him. Um, so I have New Orleans at eight. Now, where we differ is, you know, you kind of broke down Denver. And I'm not going to argue with you on Denver. Everything you said, I could absolutely see, I could absolutely see happen. I had them at nine. And I could easily see them being a seven or a six seed, jumping into that crew anyway as well. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to push themselves into the upper echelon, but I think they can get it. They could. They could definitely be in that you know six through through eight mix of of the playoffs for sure. The one team that I just don't see that you got in the playoffs is the Lakers. I feel what? like this is an annual debate, and and, and I it? want to. I, I I feel like this is an annual debate, and I want to start off by giving you kudos for for taking that leap of faith and and uh, uh, predicting that the New Orleans Pelicans make it. 
you did the same thing with the Clippers last year, and I told you I got to see it first. And this is me being me. I, I, I'm, I need to see it before I can believe it. Although I'm very high on the Pelicans, and when we talk about fantasy, I'm going to talk about some of their players and why I believe in them. However, from a team perspective, I am not at liberty to bet against a threesome of three Hall of Famers, be it Paul Gasol, Steve Nash, and the one, the only, Kobe Bean Bryant. My sources tell me Kobe Bean Bryant will be back December 1st. A little bit early for, for an Achilles tear. However, if anybody can do it, I believe Kobe can do it. They signed Chris Kamen, who's a formidable center in this NBA. He's been here for years. You know, yeah, they're getting older. However, they, they're they gaining experience. Uh, uh, I really like uh, Wesley Johnson addition. Uh, I think that D'Antoni now has the ability to coach without handcuffs. Like, they have a man swimming with handcuffs behind his back. He can't even stroke because he was so <laughs> he, he was so worried about coddling Dwight Howard, making sure Dwight Howard returns. So he benched his, his two-time champion, uh, no matter how many times all-star and future Hall of Famer in Paul Gasol to try to please Powell because Dwight can't play with another formidable big. So I think Powell's going to improve. I think Kobe's going to come back stronger than ever. And I think Nash is now healthy, and he's going to want to he, – he's got some things to prove in D'Antoni's system, the way he wants to run it, because now – there's no handcuffs. Dwight is a myth, and Dwight is going to – he's in Houston. I think the Lakers have the ability – I'm looking at them right now playing against Utah, and, yeah, they're losing, but I like the continuity in, in which I'm seeing with them. And I think that that's going to only continue. I like Nick Young, a young guy from L.A. He's back home now. He wants, he, he's got some stuff to prove. You know, Jody Meeks, he could always shoot the ball. Uh, uh, Steve Blake, he played big roles last year when Steve Nash was out. So I really like what what the Lakers have the ability to do, and, and that's all contingent upon Kobe being healthy. If Kobe's not healthy by the All-Star break, I give him December 1st. All-Star break is Valentine's Day weekend, second week in February. If he's not healthy by then, then all bets are off. Forget about the Lakers. I add Dallas or I add uh, – who did I have in the eighth or New Orleans in there? We, we, we're both uh, we both agree on New Orleans. However, again, if Kobe's not healthy, the Lakers won't make it. But if Kobe's healthy, I can't bet against them boys. Can't do it. Cannot lose. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think and you broke that down. You broke that down, and you made it make sense to me why you see what you see. So I, I, I give you props for that. You made it make sense to me. I still don't necessarily agree. Um, and what I will say though is, again, you made some you made some great points that make sense. Um, Dan Tony has some players who fit his style. Um, I think they're better equipped to play his style. The thing that the thing that still has me off on the Lakers is they have not a defender. They have not any defenders. <laughs> I mean, Kobe is still a solid defender, but Kobe is probably the only guy who I would say on a night to night basis can guard his position. All the other guys right now are not at a point where defense is something that they excel at. Think about this. The players that they need to defend are on the wing, right? 
Right. So they're guarding Russell Westbrook. He's hurt. We don't know what we're going to get from Russie, right? Right. Tony Parker, he's a year older. You know, the guards so it's are Steve Nash, though. Nash, he's formidable. He plays soccer in Canada for a living. The guy is as healthy as the day is long. He can keep up with anybody. And when he was 28, he couldn't guard nobody. But he always had help. And I now think he's Kamen, Chris Kamen guarding the rim is going to be his help. You're sleeping on Chris Ugh, Kamen I don't know. the defender. I, I don't know. <laughs> Dwight wasn't much help. I don't know if Chris Kamen going to be <laughs> Dwight was. Dwight was hurt the entire year, my friend. He had a torn right. labor. Chris Kamen is worse than Dwight. Chris Kamen is worse than Dwight without his arms. So, <laughs> you could cut off both Dwight's arms and he'd be a better defender than Chris Kamen. For giggles, let's do this. I'm looking for my, my sheet. So you're telling me you would rather have uh, you would rather have Greg, I, I can't even pronounce this guy's last name. Steemsma. Anthony Davis, Alcafor, Emanique, Eric Davis, and Drew Holiday, then Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Nick Young, Chris Kamen, and Paul Gasol? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I really would. Because we're not talking about we're not talking about three-time MVP. Era Steve, we're not talking about seven seconds or less. Era Steve Nash, we're talking about Steve Nash we saw last year and probably maybe something a little bit devalued from that. You know what I'm saying? Kobe Let's is Kobe. I give game you game. that. Kobe is Kobe, and I think Gasol's gonna be Gasol. I think Gasol's gonna be good this year. I, I think Gasol's, Gasol's gonna, gonna be good. Double double this year. Mark my words. But word. the thing about this squad is that, I mean, who on the wing is gonna is gonna hold KD? Or even Nobody KD's in the league way. can check KD. Nobody in the league. I'll, I'll, can I'll go, check I'll go, KD. I'll go even. I'll go even. I'll, okay. Who on, the, who on the team could guard Anthony Davis? Paul Gasol. Are you kidding me? Oh, is it, no. No. Davis steps away from the rim and drives. Gasol can't. don't got the foot speed. Gasol don't got the foot speed. That's what I mean. I mean, I think, I think, I, I, like Gasol I said, you made the made in international play. Davis couldn't even touch the floor. That should tell you something. But that's because of Powell's offensive acumen. Powell is no, the offensive No, it's because he's an all-around genius. player. It's because he's he, an all-around player. He's serviceable on defense. I'll give you that. I'll say he's serviceable. He's, he's not, a he's two-time not, champion. How could you call the guy serviceable? That's awesome. That's awesome. That, I'm talking about just one element of his game. That takes nothing away from what he's done. I'm just talking about one element of his game at 33, 32 years old. I'll take Powell over a lot of guys. Especially you would. I would, Powell. too. Especially I would, too. Powell. But if, I was asking, but if I'm asking Powell to lock up, if I'm asking somebody to lock up, I'd take Reggie Evans over Powell. <laughs> if I'm asking somebody to lock yeah, up I'd on defense, there's, there's a, a list. <laughs> there's a slew of dudes I would take over Powell if I'm talking about defense. Now, if I'm talking about all around, heck, yeah, Powell's one of the best bigs in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. His offensive skill set is unquestioned. But defensively, there's some questions. Same thing with, uh, with Nash. Offensive skill set is unbelievable. What he can do offensively is unbelievable. Defensively, eh. So look, do, do me this. Do me this out. Let's go. Let's go play. Let's go player for player in the starting lineups. You'll take Chris Kamen or Greg Stiesma. Be honest. I take Kamen. You take Kamen. Okay. Let's go. Power for You'll take Powell or you take Anthony Davis. 
Today I'll take Anthony Davis. Ooh, for the future you'll take Anthony Davis. Today I, I take Anthony Davis. Today I'm taking Anthony Davis. Okay, I'll hold you to that. Small forward, you take Nick Young or uh, Alfarik? <laughs> I don't want either one of them. <laughs> that bump, look, that bump from Can Wake Forest is what I call it. <laughs> Can I start another power forward? <laughs> or hold on, you can replace Nick, Long, Nick Young or Wesley Johnson, or you can place Alfarik with, Ty- with Reek. Tyreek I'll Evans. take. I'll put Reek in. I'll take Reek. You'll I'll put Reek, Reek in. I'll start Reek and I'll play. I'll take Reek. And do you want Kobe or Eric Gordon? Kobe, come on, come on. Even even with the even with Steve the Nash or Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday today. Drew Holiday. Kobe five Ooh. years ago. Steve Nash today. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday will eat Steve Nash lunch twice. Ooh. That's <laughs> a, we we differ on on on, on two out of uh, five picks. I got uh, Lakers winning that four to one from a starting matchup. You got uh, New Orleans three to two. You know what? This is why we do this show because we can evaluate it, it at the end of the year and see who we're right. We we, exactly. we both reference yes. us being both right with Golden State last year, and right. now we got something to uh, debate about. I was wrong with Harden last year, which I admit wholeheartedly. I and appreciate now we got that. Another competition on the line. New, uh, the we always do. We always do. We, that's the beauty of the game, though. Two people can go after the same thing and see something very different. You know, you can see very different things. You know, there's gonna be stuff we agree on. There's stuff we don't agree on. And, and this is one of you know. So Pelicans versus the Lakers. That's the new. That's the new 2013. Uh, there we go. Battle right there. That, that's there the we go. Team battle. We're gonna get in the playoffs. <laughs> Even though, even though I still like ISO Joe, Harden already proved me wrong. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm let go of that. I, was, I, I said what I said. I saw what I saw. Like I said, you got me with Anthony Davis. You was right on that one. You was right. You know, you was right about Brad Bill. You know, we was both kind of. You know, we had our moments with Brad Bill, but I think for the most part, you scored on that one. So you know, we keep it right now. I scored on the Clippers. I scored on the Clippers. We're about the even. I scored on that one. We're about even. I like it. Yeah, yeah, we about even. So there's, there's going to be more war to come, though. There's more war to come. We're running out of time, though. <laughs> oh, man. We, we, mean, we have so much. We have so much. Man, we may have to make this a two-parter. We, I think we got to make this a two-parter. For the fans out there, me and Justin, is going. we're going to jump on the horn after the show. I'm going to hit him up on email. We're going to find a way to get, to get him on back on the show so we can finish this out and give you guys some fantasy basketball, some fantasy hoop talk. We got, like, three minutes left. And we want to dig into the fantasy hoops for real because we're both hoop heads, and we want to make sure you are prepared to dominate your league this season. Um, so we we go we we gonna have to we gonna have to set that up. So be on the lookout for the fantasy hoops preview um, from from Game Changer and Justin Page. Man, they may have to give us our own show. <laughs> Man, they, I, did they have triple play for baseball season? Yeah, yeah, they had inside the park. Inside the park, we're gonna have to, man. Yeah. We, we might have to, man. We might have to get going back and forth over email, man. See if we can't come up with, with a little something to pitch to, uh, to Shug, man. We might have to, we might have to pitch something to Shug. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I got my fantasy man. draft coming up this Sunday. I can't wait, and I want to get the people some of my insight. Yeah, so we got, we gonna have to, we gonna have to get something on the calendar real fast to, uh, to get that out there. Um, I'll be at you. I'll be at you, man. We're going to get at it. 
So you listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSC, Renegade Radio. This is the NBA 2013 RSG Preview. We're giving you the lowdown on what, how we think everything is going to play out in the 2013-14 season. Me and Justin have chopped it up for the last 90 minutes. We sweating. We didn't give y'all 90 minutes of funk. We laid it on the line. We agreed some. We disagreed some. In the end, I guarantee you're going to be a smarter basketball fan for having listened to this podcast. Justin, dog. Like I said, and this is a, this is the crazy thing about Justin and I is that we've actually never even met in person. But I feel like I know this dude. I feel like I know this dude real well. I feel like I know this dude real well. Uh, you know, I love talking basketball with him. So you know, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to set something up. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. We got. We got to, man. We got to. So um, we got about two minutes left. That's the two minute warning when you hear uh, Biggie come in. The warning. Actually, uh, so it's two minute warning. It means you run out of time. Give um, me real quick. You got ninety seconds, says the British lady. Give me real quick a bold prediction for 2013-14 NBA season. Something way out the box. My prediction is that Derrick Rose is going to come back with a vengeance and is going to compete with LeBron James for the MVP of the NBA this year. I think it was the best thing he could have ever done was to sit out last year, strengthen the knee, strengthen his legs, build his confidence, and I guarantee you that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. If you play fantasy basketball, draft him as soon as you possibly can. Not top five, of course, because you need your forwards first. But Derrick Rose is going to be that guy, and he's going to come back that much better. That's my bold prediction. Ooh, well, I like that. I like that. Bold prediction. You know, man, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with bold prediction. I'm going with this season – you're going to get 17 and 11 out of Roy Hibbert. Woo! 17 points per game, 11 rebounds, Roy Hibbert. Both of those will be career highs. And I'm, 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 I'm going to throw a cherry on top and say he's going to play 33, 33, 34 minutes tonight. So, they you got listen to the real sports guys. Real sports guys. <laughs> <laughs> they got too many good players. You listen to the real sports guys. <laughs> RealSportsGuys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, signing off. Catch you next time. Be on the lookout for Game Changer and Justin Page doing some more NBA talk. Peace. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.